0: Welcome to Work-Life Changes and Remote Work in Organizations, a special and time-bound series of conversations. Now, these conversations were recorded to create material for the 21st Century Work-Life Podcast's 300th episode, and that was published on the 5th of May, 2022. The conversations reflected on what had happened over the last three years in how remote work has been adopted. And they were so rich in content that I wanted to share them with you. They cover how our guests see remote work in organizations evolving, how they have changed their ways of working over the last three years, how work relates to the rest of their lives even. And in the last section, guests suggest content for future episodes of the 21st Century Work Life podcast, giving us some insight into what is going on in people's minds, what they want to learn about and hear about next. Next. I'll introduce this episode's guest in a moment, but before that, if we haven't met before, my name is Pilar Orti, and you can find out everything about Virtual Not Distant, the company behind this show, over at virtualnotdistant.com. Enjoy. Listeners, for today's episode, we have Rika Jatti, who was the host of the Connection and Disconnection in Remote Teams series which came out on the 21st Century Work Life Podcast at the beginning of 2020. And Brie is a writer who mainly writes about remote teams. You can find her over at LinkedIn. Her name is spelled B-R-E-E and the surname is C-A-W-G-I-A-T-I. Let's now get on to the first question. looking at what's been happening over the last 3 years in remote work amongst knowledge workers what do you think is going to be different or the same in the next 3 years
1: yeah it's a good question i think you know we we were all sort of thrust into remote work obviously almost kicking and screaming, not, not on our own volition for a lot of us. Um, so I think a lot will change because of that. Um, because we didn't enter into working remotely or a lot of people didn't enter into it, um, I guess with the mindset of how can we do this in the best way or how can I fit this into my current lifestyle or what can this actually afford me? it was sort of in response to obviously the pandemic it was in response to this external event so i think that's going to have a big impact i think a lot of the benefits that we experienced we're going to take with us but i think a lot of people also experienced a lot of trauma around this experience as well. Mm. So I think that's going to play, uh, I guess, a long-term effect on on how we view remote work, how we view working from home and things like that as well. So yeah, I think a lot will change. Um, you know, I don't think we'll ever go back to what it was before the pre-pandemic. I don't think it's going to look, um, I don't think any of us could ever, ever go back fully. So I think remote work will be a mainstay in 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 all of our lives, in workers' lives moving forward. But I think what that looks like might be different to what we've experienced over the last few, few years. You know, we've been talking a lot about hybrid working. We've been talking a lot about going back to the office, those sorts of conversations we've been having in the last, I guess, year or two. But I think a lot of Optimizing working from home and a lot of optimizing working from anywhere; those sorts of policies, um, we're going to be really looking at that um, now as well. And there's going to be a lot more nuanced conversations, I think, coming from from maybe this year forward. Um, it's not going to be sh- is working from home good or is remote work good? Is this beneficial? Because we already sort of know that it'll we'll be able to I I hope move back mm-hmm. into these more nuanced conversations. Moving forward, I, I hope. <laughs> yeah.
0: And you are, I think you're my last, uh, g- the last guest I record with. And I think you're the only one that's actually mentioned the trauma of mm. how remote mm. work has been adopted. And I think that's really interesting because just just my own, uh, to, to share a personal experience during, I think it was the second lockdown in the UK. I was uh, doing my Zumba classes online. <laughs> was taking them. I don't uh, teach them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, actually, from my club was amazing during lockdown, and they had almost every class that could be that didn't need uh, equipment um, was delivered online. The same instructors, everything. And some years later, I've then taken that same class in the studio. Well, actually, mm-hmm. maybe one year and a bit later, mm-hmm. and. The teacher has changed some of the uh, songs, the repertoire, but not all. And there's one particular song that I just associate with me being in my lounge doing it. And every time now when he does it in the studio, it brings that back. And it's not something that I like revisiting, actually. I don't like that um, piece anymore because of that association. So I'm wondering if Things like online meetings or certain rituals that were, that started during the lockdown for some people, actually, they might just want to go, no, leave that behind.
1: Yes. Yes. I think, I think for sure. I think definitely, I think there will be some people that are like, no, I got to go back to the office or, you know, I, I guess reflecting on my own experience. I mean, you know this already, but I moved countries in this time. I went from, you know, working mostly in a co-work space to working from my bedroom with friends, children about those sorts of things. And I know that was a common story for a lot of people working with kids around and things like that. And, you know, working from home didn't wasn't exactly that peaceful environment that you sort of think of um, or that I, I had experienced pre-pandemic and I'm experiencing again now. But I think during that time when there was no other options, it was, you know, not necessarily the um, motivating space or, or, or those rituals were not really doing it for me anymore, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. because friends weren't willing to have you over, cafes were closed your co-working spaces were, you know, shut down. Even during that time, you know, I wasn't dressing up for in the same way that I do now getting dressed for the day, you know, I was wearing sweats and things like that because it just was, Oh, well, there's no point in, in, getting ready for the day those sorts of things so yeah I sort of can't wear <laughs> maybe that's that's my traumatic thing I can't can't wear I have to get dressed every day now um to make it work and i mean, in a way better headspace around that now but yeah I definitely think working from home during the pandemic was not not as beneficial to everyone as uh, I, I don't know as work as remote work can be um in different circumstances
0: yeah. So you're already starting to touch upon it, uh, which is how, well, especially how things changed during the pandemic and now how they are changing again for you. Mm-hmm. And what you just mentioned about the fact that you, how long have you been working remotely? I mean, you, you, you were working and you're working now for a distributed organization. How, for how long have you been doing that?
1: Yeah. So I have worked for a distributed company for over three years, but then previous to that, I was freelancing from home for maybe two or three years before that. So similar experience, not exactly the same, but, um, yeah, I haven't been in a traditional office for quite some time since maybe, I don't know, 2016, maybe it was the last time.
0: But you were using a co-working space before the pandemic. So that's also interesting.
1: When so <laughs> I guess it's kind of hard to, to explain, but when I was living in, in Brisbane, Australia, I, you know, worked from home fine. I had a lot of friends that were also freelancers, a lot of friends that were also working from home, were contractors, were had some sort of flexible work arrangement. And so I'd often work at friends' houses or they'd work over with me. We'd often meet up at coffee shops, those sorts of things. So I didn't need a need to enter into an office at any point. I had, uh, you know, a lot of social interaction as well as, you know, a lot of quiet space at home to, to get my work done. Um, but then I moved to Canada um, just before the pandemic started and moved in with some friends who had had children around and found that I was needing to, to leave the home to find that quiet space space for that deep work that I usually previous to that found at home so that was my sort of
0: uh, I guess uh, solution to that during that time.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So you were doing co-working then you had to work from home during the pandemic and what's going on now so how, so so let me put the question <laughs> back to you instead of leading you through everything how has how you worked changed over the last three years?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's changed a lot. So I've moved home from Canada back to Australia now um, and I work from home mostly. I I don't even work at cafes as much as I, you know, did pre-pandemic. I have, you know, quite a, quite a good office set up. I have, you know, a deck with a, a good table and chairs out there as well. So I'm finding a lot of change in environment in my own home um, this year. And so I'm enjoying that a lot. I've also been traveling a fair bit and working from, you know, different cities in Australia as well. Um, And that obviously was not available to us during the pandemic either. So, yeah, working from airports, working from Airbnbs, um, those sorts of things as well, which obviously is the beauty um, of working remotely without the pandemic going on.
0: (laughs) Do you find there's some kind of work that is easier to do regardless of where you are?
1: Yeah, possibly. I think, you know, um, I mean, as a writer, as someone, you know, working with content, um, you know, it's quite easy to get, do those sort of menial tasks, the emails, the, the organizing, the, you know, setting up your task list, those sorts of things are, are pretty easy to do everywhere. Um, you can kind of get through emails on a phone, um, you know, in line for, for your coffee or, or or in the back of an Uber quite easily. But um, that deep work of writing um, or producing content, I feel I need to be either sitting down at a cafe or um, in a library or in my office at home, those sorts of things. But um, to be fair, that was how I felt even when I worked in an office. Um, quite often I would go home from the office early um, and, do my writing at home um I would yeah even this was before I even had a very flexible job I would sort of just leave home leave the office an hour or two early and and finish up writing at home because that was when I was most productive um in those sort of quieter safer spaces
0: and so during the last three years of the podcast we did something that we hadn't done before which is that you took over, <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. For, a, for 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 us, you took over a season which we'd never had before, and um, the season was about loneliness in remote teams. We called it connection and disconnection in remote teams. I'd love to hear, uh, and of course, <laughs> the pandemic hit in the middle of it, so we'd love to hear as well how that changed the conversation. But I'd love to hear what you took from that, and if that changed anything in your approach to your to how you worked
1: yeah I think it really did I learned a lot from that experience not just you know even just going through it but just speaking with so many you know thoughtful people in this i guess industry or in this community um, I learned quite a bit from uh, I guess the science behind things a lot of tips and tricks from um, other people as well um, I think the most thing that i i realized and it was very reflective in the in during the pandemic was that, you know, previous to that, I, it was quite intuitive to me to, all right, you know, I'm, I'm experiencing a slump in productivity or I'm feeling a little bit like I need to leave the house. And it was very intuitive for me to just pack up my laptop and walk down the street to, to grab a coffee or, you know, meet a friend for lunch or something like that. But when all of those parameters were sort of taken away during the pandemic, trying to identify what it was that, you know, helped me in those moments – and trying to replicate that in in my new environment of home was quite difficult, but not impossible. It was it was I was able to to identify oh okay changes in scenery is very important to me when I'm moving through tasks, and so in my new setup at home now, I have the desk set up and I have my office set up, and I quite often move move between the um, the two of them throughout the day, and that gives me a similar sense of energy boost change in scenery change in environment um, that I'm looking for or was looking for pre-pandemic when I would you know walk down the street and that's not to say I don't do that now because it's available to me again but I had to learn those skills almost again during the pandemic and, and utilize what was available to me
0: during that time amazing and the so the deck setup is that like a chill out area
1: um it's just sort of like a a little deck out the back of my house with there's like lots of trees and stuff around which I think is very helpful so I feel like I'm in nature but it's just a table and chairs nothing too um fancy or anything like that but I I don't know I just find it really um really helps me throughout the day to keep keep on track keep on tasks I even love doing meetings and stuff out there because it's, you know, nice in the mornings, all those sorts of things. So, yeah, the nature aspect, I think, is is really helpful and fresh air and all those sorts of things.
0: So was there anything else that you noticed, just going back to the connection and disconnection series, anything else that you noticed that changed either with you but or, or through those conversations, what was going on?
1: Yeah, so I think most of the interviews that we did were pre-pandemic there were a lot of advocates there were a lot of people that you know had been talking about remote work for quite some time and really believed in it as um as a movement really believed in it as something that we were going to all experience in the future but obviously no one had any idea where we would be um and so it was very interesting the last few interviews I did when you know the pandemic had begun it had started to sort of hear the difference in how they, would, they were speaking about remote work and it was almost like this, a, a, a totally different way of relating to it, a totally different way of it wasn't this, you know, thing that potentially we'll experience together in the future. It was this thing of we all know about this now, we're, we're all in this together, we're all experiencing the sort of safety and chaos at the same time of what remote work can offer Um, and so that was very interesting to I guess compare those two and I'd be interested to speak to them again now you know years later to hear how they're feeling about it now because you know at the onset of the pandemic things were very different everyone just wanted to talk about you know what was happening in the around the world and those sorts of things but we sort of had to go back over the last year I think to to the basics almost and um, a lot of people because they were experiencing this from the first for the first time pre-pandemic, you know, a- advocates was sort of talking about all of these nuances. We were kind of talking, doing all of these think pieces of what it could mean, what could the future look like. But now we've kind of experiencing it together and we're we're back to basics, we're back to we need a policy in place, we're back to what could it mean to hire across, you know, multiple countries, what could it mean to to hire employees in in a different time zone what does asynchronous versus synchronous meetings look like you know we're really at the ba- basics of how to make this work at the moment which I think is sort of interesting because we're we're all in this I guess beta test together almost. it's like is this going to work ultimately and I think we've we've ultimately come to the decision that yes it, it is going to work and these conversations aren't in theory anymore where we're kind of we all have something to reflect back on or, or use as an example
0: you've articulated what i've been feeling with the this going back because i've been feeling this i mean i've had a real big tension and it started with the connection and disconnection series where Because I remember you say, oh, someone, they really want to talk about what's happening now. And I was thinking, no, no, no. Because also I thought it would last for two months. I know, right?
1: I know. (laughs) Yes. At the time we all did. Yeah.
0: (laughs) But in a way, and also hearing you, what you were talking about, um, how different the challenges were and the way of um, meeting those challenges. For example, when there was no lockdown, you could go out of the house, whereas where there was lockdown, it had to be something you dealt with in the home. Yes. So I think that the way of solving some of these issues is so different if you can get out of the house versus not, that I'm. I think it was the right decision to not let the pandemic infiltrate the series because yes. it makes it more evergreen hoping that we don't get more lockdowns because you never know. know. But anyway, that's a separate thing. Um, But what you've said about, I've been feeling this tension in the show itself between okay serving the people who've been around if not since 2014 since a lot late a, b- a bit later and the people like you who want these nuanced conversations who want to go deep who are ready to start talking about things like socioeconomic impact of remote work yeah. versus the people who have joined us during the pandemic where of course uh, downloads went up because people were looking for information of the basics. Yeah. And I really felt that tension in the show between serving both audiences and I'm su- and you've just articulated it. It's that the conversation had to go back to basics because of what was going on in the context. But we we're stuck going. Oh, we we're talking about all the stuff, and we want yeah. to continue. <laughs>
1: yeah, for sure, for sure. But you know, I think on the on the flip side, I'm really excited that because we have you know these larger players now, we have these big companies that are joining in on this. We have huge industries that are sort of joining into remote work. With, that are committing to to keeping this alive within their communities, within their companies and organisations, I think maybe we potentially have the manpower to to actually implement this change and, and, and this, these kinds of, you know, I guess, the theories um, that we were talking about pre-pandemic, um, that they can kind of shift from that think piece stage into potentially actually having having an impact now, so I guess there's mm. there's hope there's hope with that as well. Um, but yeah, there definitely is attention, isn't there? It, it is basics, but also maybe it will be better in the long run. <laughs> yes. Yeah,
0: yeah, great, good. So just go, going back to the theme of your your personal experience over the last um, three years has. Has your view of what work is and the role it plays in our lives changed?
1: Yeah, you know, I think I think there were a lot of conversations, you know, that we had um, even with, with the podcast, that, the series that we did, where we talked a lot about, I guess, balance, where we talked a lot about switching off and how not being able to switch off when you're working from home can sort of lead to all of these, I guess, Issues, all those sorts of things, but I'm almost curious about almost the opposite of that at the moment, which maybe maybe um, isn't necessarily where we want to end up. But I'm a cur- bit more curious about it coming out of the pandemic of and coming out of experiencing working from home in all of these different, I guess, external circumstances. Is that work is just you know a piece of life, and I think I've had the freedom to experience potentially um, that flexibility around setting my own schedule a little bit more over the last few years and particularly when you know I, I have an example of when I came back to Australia I had to do hotel quarantine so I was in a hotel for two straight weeks with my husband and we couldn't leave the room I had all our food delivered all those sorts of things and so in that circumstance we just chose to work shorter hours but every day so we didn't take any breaks over two weekends because we just were like what else are we going to do this makes (laughs) this makes the most sense and you know I'm not going to say that that made it you know ultimately a a fun experience or anything like that but it was it was what worked in that circumstance and I can see similar things to that happening now when more companies are open to I guess a more flexible approach so Mm -hmm. you know Oh, I have a travel day today. I'm not going to be working much, but tomorrow I'll, I'll work a little bit later to to compensate, and those sorts of things. And of course, we want to. We really want to, you know, watch that and make sure that balance is truly happening, and we're not just working ourselves into the ground by any means. But I don't know. I'm I'm really curious about how work is just kind of integrated into life, and not this thing this that has these rigid start finish times of you know, where we're going and when, you know, going to the office and now we're at home and end of discussion, that it's kind of, I don't know, integrated into the ebbs and flows of, of what makes up life as well. Does that make sense? I don't
0: know. Completely, completely. And you know, uh, uh, there was another guest, uh, Richard McKinnon said something very similar about how his uh, approach to work had changed about going in now on Saturdays to the office and that's fine, whereas before he'd be like, no. And I think that the the work-life balance conversation, which has traditionally meant that we have a rigid time structure around our work and then we don't go out of that that's basically what work-life balance has meant yes (laughs) Yes. uh, uh, generally has been I stop my work so I can have my life and then I balance I think that belongs to the old way of working now uh, I agree work-life balance now means finding uh, a space finding a life where we are happy with how work is integrated and we feel it's a balance and that is not taking over or not there as much as we would like it to because there's those bits
1: yeah I think it's about you know looking into okay I want to do yoga my favorite teacher teaches at 11 so I'm not going to say no because I have work I'm going to make it work Mm. um for me you know I'm going to work a little early or I'm going to work a little late or I'm going to do a different different set of hours the next day to, to make that work.
0: Yeah. And also, um, some <laughs> just to bring myself in, because I'm getting lots of thoughts. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that, that's That's also something that has crept in over the last, I don't know, maybe three years, or maybe less. Oh, no, actually more, because I've been working on Saturday mornings now for a very long while. But now I'm even more deliberate that Friday is a day without an agenda.
1: Mm. I've got
0: a class, an exercise class to I go to quite early and then my one thing I want to do on Fridays is go and have a coffee at the Riverside Studios and see what happens, or my singing. (laughs) And, And that Friday is a pause. When I come to Saturday, just because of how my husband and I live as well, on Saturday mornings, I do the same thing. I go to the Riverside, I get out of the house so that Kevin can do his music stuff that he adopted during the pandemic. He takes out all his stuff. And then on Saturday afternoons because we don't have a social life like this (laughs) I I do podcasting and I work or I catch up and Mm. and it's like well and and some people look at me funny when I say I work on Saturdays well it's a day that I really enjoy now because of how I'm managing my Friday yes so it's becoming more acceptable to say I will let my personal stuff come into my work hours but I don't think it's yet acceptable to say I'm going to let my work hours go into what we would consider personal time. I think they're still like, oh, are you sure? You know, <laughs> well-being and all that.
1: Uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, it is such a delicate balance as well, because I still do believe that we should have hours where we're completely switched off. I don't know oh, what yes. that looks like, but yeah, I definitely agree. It's kind of what that looks like for different people is going to be different. and. I think it's almost better to sometimes have those days on a Friday rather than on a Saturday because you know not everybody's out at the market or not every you you know you don't have other social obli- obligations to go to and all those sorts of things so yeah I love running errands on on a Monday because it's still Sunday in America and my colleagues are uh, not online and so I love being able to do that on on a Monday Uh, similarly because you know that's that's the day that sort of works out that it works well for me to to be able to do that while getting my work done around that but yeah very very interesting I think
0: (laughs) it's an interesting conversation I think we'll have to have more of those and which leads me to the last uh, uh, question which is this show 21st Century Work Life Podcast it used to have the tagline where we talk about how the world of work and our attitudes of work are changing. Because so when I started, I wanted to be very broad because I didn't know where I was going. <laughs> and uh, eventually, um, by the time that you started to get involved, we were very clearly serving a very specific part of the workforce. So mm-hmm. it became about leading remote teams, online collaboration, and working in distributed organizations. What would you like to see covered in a podcast such as this one in the next three years
1: I really love how the basis of your of the podcast is speaking with people um and and sharing I guess knowledge from from different aspects I love that you speak to psychologists and remote work experts and managers and you know sort of getting at the, um, it from all of those angles, which I hope does continue um, because I really enjoy that aspect of, of listening and hearing sort of multiple perspectives. I don't know. I think with the changes that I, I'm expecting to come over the next sort of few years, which I think we will be moving out of this basic how do we make remote work work into what is the future of work, into what. Um, what can work look like into um, I guess more unique remote policies and strategies into development of of these ideas I'd love to kind of see that those conversations follow that and hearing from people that are very creative and thinking about this and not not the same you know (laughs) um, try to have a morning routine or I don't know (laughs) not that that's been from the podcast um, by any means but not not simply how do you make, how do you use Slack asynchronously or did you know that Slack, you could send messages the next morning or something, schedule your Slack messages, you know, those sorts of things. I think it would be great to like leave behind in the last few years and really move back to these more, I guess, intricate questions that I think will be cropping up very soon about the longev- longevity of, of this sort of working style and, and how it's going to morph to include Bit more globalization, a little bit more different industries, and and moving away from you know tech based and all those sorts of things. So I don't know. That probably yes. didn't actually answer those questions,
0: but yes, it did. <laughs> it did completely. My mind is going everywhere as well. This is, then I'm thinking of different formats also, and no, no, yeah, no. yeah. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Great. Uh, and then I'll just leave the leave you to answer the last question in case there is anything else that you'd like to say to listeners and past guests, bree
1: Oh yeah, well, thanks for having me. This has been so lovely to to be back on the podcast, and I know I'll be amongst some very special people. Who um, I, I know you mentioned a couple that were guest for me as well. So I'm excited to be amongst them. Um, And yeah, thanks so much for, for including me and yeah, excited to hear what, what you come up with
0: <laughs> excellent well thank you very very much for bringing in a, a, a completely different flavor of episodes to to the show and and something that i think has been very 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 valuable uh, and and got me interested in the topic <laughs> <laughs> which i was at the beginning so thank you very very much for everything for you. oh
1: well, thanks so much phila always a pleasure to speak with you
0: Thank you very much for listening. We would love to hear your own thoughts about how you have changed your ways of working and what you think the future is for remote work, inside and outside of organizations. You can use the contact form over at virtualnotdistant.com or reach out via Twitter. Just look out for my name at Pilar Ortiz. And this is the last interview in the series. So I hope you have enjoyed the series. Do subscribe to the 21st Century Work Life podcast because we still have many episodes programmed. And all that remains for me to say is I have been Pilar Orti. Thank you for listening.